0: The NFL season's 98 days away, and I mean, I thought, what better way to celebrate than to think about the 98-yard touchdown that Sam Hubbard scored in the AFC wild Card game against the Ravens, and the sad thing about it is Lamar missed it because he was in the bathroom.
1: What was he doing?
0: I t- I don't know.
1: Luke, what was he you was doing? In- I don't know, I don't Luke, know if you want to speculate that one. <laughs> Luke, you are the Ravens insider. How'd that feel to watch a ninety-eight yard touchdown, and now we're remembering that because we are ninety-eight days away. All about the balls podcast with Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirklews. Hello. And welcome to this episode where the Denver Nuggets just kicked the shit out of the Miami Heat episode of All About the Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. Not feeling so great tonight because, like I said, Miami took a fat L, but I am in the sack house, excited as always, always with a smile on my face because I have three of the greatest co-hosts a man could ask for with Chris Gemeinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowince. Glad to have you boys in the sack house tonight. Chris. I know you watched the game. I know you're probably feeling better than I am. How are you doing tonight, my friend?
0: I'm doing great. I'm tired. I cleaned all day. My in-laws are coming in tomorrow. Excited for having two extra hands in this house to help with these two crazy babies. So I'm feeling pretty good.
1: And I'm glad you weren't napping right before the the show started. Glad you were prepared, ready on time. And Luke, good to see your smiling face here for your third episode. Hope you're having a good time on the show. How are you doing tonight, my friend?
2: I oh, doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, I watched the uh the fourth quarter of the game just so I could talk some shit here. Uh watched uh Jimmy eats butts. <laughs> fucking fucking played terrible. So it was know, better I than mean, Martin. He, I am one game one game closer to my prediction of a uh, four game series.
1: Hey, that yeah. might be a good take by you, Luke, by a guy who doesn't yeah. watch any basketball at all. And everyone, hopefully Doc can stay awake for this episode. He just woke up from a nice power nap. Doc, how are you doing after your nap, by the way?
3: Oh, refreshed, refreshed, really needed it. Uh, You know, just wasn't seeing the action, wasn't seeing the comeback and a blowout. So, you know, caught that nap while I could.
1: Yeah, and with that blowout being said, Doc, like you said, the Miami Heat just lost 104-93, to game one of the NBA finals. It definitely did not feel like an 11-point game. It felt more like a 21-point game. Uh, it just seemed so effortlessly by the Denver Nuggets. Joker didn't really have to do much most of the game. He was just passing the ball. Then he decided to fuck it. I might as well get a triple-double while I'm at it. Doc, is this the formula Denver Nuggets are going to use for the remainder of the series? Just let the ball go through uh, Joker while he's on the court and just kick it out? Because unlike LeBron and the Lakers, those shooters will hit.
3: No, I don't think it's it, the focus is on, you know, get it through Joker to kick it out. I think the focus has just been on playing naturally. Let the game develop and take the shot where you've got it. I mean, they just moved the ball around well. They took open shots. They took high percentage and good shots versus just trying to loft shit up at the rim. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Duncan Robinson trying to heave up a three and the completely fucking air ball. Uh, so I think it was just taking high-quality smart shots and just, you know, like I said, let the game develop. Let the game go where it goes. Take the best shot that you've got on the court. It just so happened that, you know, guys were moving around and Jokic was able to make plays off, his, off the pass. But I, they, they did a wonderful job tonight.
1: Yeah, Chris, I mean, Doc, I think, nailed it spot on. Like, they, they hit their open shots. Miami couldn't hit theirs. Max Sturius and Kayla Martin, they just couldn't seem to buy a bucket. And like I told you before the show, if they just hit 30% of their shots, we're literally in the game. I mean, not saying we're going to win, but at least we have a shot. We're there in hand's reach. But is Doc Hold right? No, a 11-point
3: game, that, that could actually have, yeah, I mean, have made the difference on 11 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're 1-for-17 <laughs> combined. So, Chris, like I said, do you think that's something that needs to be done? Maybe if Miami hits that shots – Game two, maybe they can actually find themselves in the game. Not necessarily going to win it, but at least have a chance to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, Miami just still kind of looked hung over from that game seven with the Celtics. Denver coming out looking solid with their rest that they had with a couple days. I mean, Den- Denver's offense just proves again that they're elite, that a team can come back in like biting distance, and then they just blow the lead open again. I mean, if Miami hits those threes, hits those shots, I still think Denver pulls it off. I mean, I'll agree with you, Mark. I think Miami might pull one, one game out of this series. But if Denver and Joker keep playing the way they play, it's a wrap for Miami. Yeah,
1: yeah I totally agree. I mean, I think Spolstra is capable enough to, like, get a game plan going to kind of adjust for this. I mean, like I said, they didn't play, like, terrible. I mean, they yes, they leave them open for a while, but only letting Denver score 104. That's not a bad scoring game or a bad scoring defense for that kind of efficiency that the Denver Nuggets used to produce in. I mean, Joker was stuck on five shots for a long time. I mean, like they said on the the commentary crew, he loves to just kick the ball out. He's not always looking to to shoot the ball and score. I mean, it didn't have to work that way tonight, even though he he did get a triple-double. But like I said, I think if Miami can do something, actually hit shots, like Luke said, if Jimmy Butler can just be a little bit of Jimmy playoffs, Jimmy Buckets, Miami can find themselves in the series and actually show that, and with that being said, Luke, I mean, you said sweep, so you think Denver just takes it off in game two and they just just wipe the doors with Miami again?
2: Yeah, they're just gonna run away with home, just run home with this game. So, nothing. Crazy. Yeah,
1: good take, good take there, Chris. Good. Solid. Yeah, my my
2: prediction still, still going, still going strong.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're a betters man, you would, you might win this this bet. But Chris, what's your prediction and what's your little out or your preview for game two?
0: I think Denver is gonna secure another win out there. I mean, and just kind of hit back on what you were talking about, Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy definitely had an off game tonight, but there were times in consecutive plays that they didn't give the ball to Jimmy, and that's just you got to feed your superstar. Uh, even though he's having an off game, you got to keep giving him the ball.
1: I feel like I feel like you're right. Like I mean, I don't feel like it's necessarily Spolster's not telling him that he'll get the ball. I feel like a lot of times Butler will he'll drive to the paint and he'll just kick out. Like he doesn't want to always attack and be aggressive and actually put a floater up. I mean, I understand, like, you know, he had that fear maybe with Robert Williams from the previous series. But, I mean, Joker and them aren't typically known as shot blockers. The Denver Nuggets defense isn't necessarily the best. They are bigger and stronger than Miami. But you still have to attack. I mean, Bam woke up. That's the only good sign I saw from the Miami Heat tonight was Bam actually played good. Because I don't think Joker can actually contain Bam. I think he's just too athletic for Joker. But that's also being said and done. Joker is going to get his points as well. So Bam needs to be maybe not hitting 13 shots, but maybe hit more like 18, 19 shots. Doc, I mean, you have anything to say about that? You think that maybe Bam actually showing something tonight? Maybe Miami hits their shots. Maybe game two they can steal it?
3: No, I don't think so. I think Bam uh, came out. He, you know, somebody on this team had to step up. It happened to be Bam tonight, but that's that's been the issue, you know, in, in the few games that I've watched in the last, you know, in this series in the last is, is just it's the consistency isn't there. It's been a different guy every night. Uh, you know, Struess going over 10 tonight doesn't help. Uh, personally, I don't think Butler had a bad game. He shot 43% from the field. I don't think that's a terrible number. Seven boards, seven assists. I mean, I think he played an all-around good game. I think the defense was lacking. Uh, I think Miami struggled with not getting to the free throw line. You know, uh, 18 more free throw attempts, 14 more made by by Denver. I mean, that that's the difference maker in an 11-point game. So uh, I think that Altogether, the team needs to come up. Vincent had a good game. Uh Caleb Martin was was non-existent against Truso for 10 shooting. Oh for nine from three is absolutely unacceptable. And all uh, for a lot of those open shots, too. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, the consistency has not been there. Guys that stepped up big time, uh, game game six and seven in that in that Eastern Conference final. Uh, Jimmy Butler finding that way to drive to the lane, find his way to the free throw line in that fourth quarter in uh, game six or in game seven when they when they pulled it away game six, even when, um, you know, when they kept it close and almost took game six from them. But overall, I mean, they're not. It's not a team in Miami right now, at least not in game one. So uh, regardless, at the end of the day, I mean, I'd like to see Miami play better and come back. But I think uh, I think I think the Nuggets still pull out with game two easily.
1: And I honestly, I hate to say it now, but I feel like game two is more of a must win. If they, if they, I feel like if they go down two zero, 0 obviously game three is really a must win, but I feel like getting out of Denver is a huge must win, like getting back to South beach tied one, one. And speaking of that also must win and altitude. Do you think, I mean, the altitude is what I want to bring up, but between the three of you, I know they say Denver, even though it's inside, you think the altitude honestly is a huge factor. I know a lot of the older time players say it besides Charles Barkley says that's kind of a myth in his mind, but do you think with Denver having that advantage, knowing the, the mile-high altitude, that's actually an issue?
0: I mean, I'll, I'll go first with this one. I think the altitude, I'll agree, kind of – I mean, it will affect normal people, but these guys are professional athletes. They work out every single day. They're in top form. I mean, their stamina is up there. Their endurance is up there. The altitude isn't really going to affect them. I mean, you can compare this to NFL teams traveling to Denver and playing. I just – I think it's an excuse.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, think if, I think if this was the case, I mean, I think, you know, across all the major sports that play in Denver, I think you'd see something. I mean, the only the only time that we really see it affected is in baseball with, with the balls flying further, but you see it on both sides of the field. Uh, you know, it's not like Denver's the only one hitting home runs. Uh, but other than that, I mean, as far as the altitude causing an issue, I mean, Miami didn't look tired out there. They didn't look tired, they just they, they, they made poor decisions and took bad shots. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. I mean, actually, it took good shots, they just didn't hit them, and I don't think it was an altitude thing. The altitude was affecting the basketball. It was yeah. making the rim smaller. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, Luke, you got <laughs> to put that low altitude that? air
3: on the ball. <laughs> the premium
0: yeah.
1: The air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luke, you got anything to say about altitude with the basketball game?
2: No, just Miami Heat just you know didn't make enough shots, so they lost the game.
1: And just Fucking John one... Madden himself over here, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I love it. And, and let's wrap that up. But uh, just real quick, the, uh, I know we hammered John Morant pretty big the last few episodes ago. Um, Adam Silver has pretty much said they have their punishment. They found actual more evidence about other stuff. So they don't want to take away from the finals, so they're going to announce his suspension and what's going to happen. So it sounds like they're going to make an example of John, John Morant for, I guess, what they found in that situation. And Chris, I know you wanted to touch on this. The NBA hype video that ESPN put on their TikTok. I know you were a huge, huge fan. You were very, you were hyping up the content, content creator for that. Give us your thoughts, buddy.
0: Yeah, no, that was fucking ridiculous. I mean, it looked like a kid built it. I don't know what intern got the password to ESPN's Twitter account, but they should probably find that intern and kick them down to probably hit us up. We're open. <laughs> we need some animations.
1: Yeah. Doc, you were ripping it pretty hard. I know you weren't a. I, I mean, I, I understand like you gotta you gotta try and be creative, but that wasn't it, right, Doc?
3: Look, no, I thought it was great. I thought that they let him make a wish, uh, you know, see, see a dream come true, and make an animation for the uh, NBA, you know, Twitter account. So, I mean, that's dope. I think that's great, uh, giving back to the community and getting involved. So, you know, props to the to the third grader that made it. You know,
0: there was there was a frame in it with Joker holding an L. And I literally thought he was holding a gun.
3: No, no, that oh, was no, Joker. Yeah. No, that was Joker in the video, not John Morant. <laughs> damn.
1: Uh, damn. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty embarrassing. Like I would like you said, Chris, I didn't know what he was holding at first, and then I saw the L drop on the floor, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I I guess I see what's going on. I mean, they brought Jimmy's dreads back, but I mean his dreads haven't been there since the beginning of the year. So I I just don't understand what what they were thinking, honestly. Like, I don't understand why East being
3: I was happy to see LeBron get fucking shit on in that video.
1: He did get shit. Yeah, I mean, Doc, don't lie. You were a little sad. You are you're upset that LeBron got <laughs> shit on. And speaking of being nope. shit on, nope. before we talk NFL, Chris, I know you had something to say um, right before we wanted to talk about the NFL fantasy ranking. So uh, the floor is yours, man. You take what you have to do and take the time you need to, to vent to us people.
0: Yeah, no, boys, we are in double d- digits now. The NFL season's 98 days away, and I mean, I thought, what better way to celebrate than to think about the 98-yard touchdown that Sam Hubbard scored in the AFC wildcard game against the Ravens, and the sad thing about it is Lamar missed it because he was in the bathroom.
1: What was he doing?
0: I t- I don't know.
1: Luke, what was he doing, doing? I don't know, I don't Luke, know if you here. want to
3: speculate that one.
1: <laughs> Luke, you were the Ravens insider. How'd that feel to watch a ninety-eight yard touchdown, and now we're remembering that because we are ninety-eight days away.
2: Yeah, I was also uh, like thirty-five thousand feet in the air watching that game, so it was uh, it was rough on their flight. So I was very pissed off at like the rest of the two hours of my flight after that game. But you know what? It took a defensive play for the Bengals to beat the Ravens with a backup quarterback playing. So,
1: but you know what they say, Luke. A win's a win, my friend.
2: Yeah, yeah, then they went went ahead and lost anyways, so it's fine.
1: Doc, I know you're excited for football though, right?
2: Oh 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 it's Joe oh, Burrow's what? they're smoking at Joe Burrow in Kansas City. Joe Burr. They're, my home's dad was smoking at Joe Burrow. I'm just I mean,
3: shocked the plane didn't have to make an emergency landing.
2: It it was very close. <laughs> I I was five, five minutes into my flight, so He was five minutes from
3: ending up on a no-fly list.
1: Oh, Oh, man.
2: They're they're lucky I was already in the air or I would have stayed.
1: Well, like Chris did to hype up the season, we are definitely excited. We're hoping that these next three-plus months go a little faster and that makes the fall go a little slower during the football season. So, with that being said – Let's give the people what they want. Let's give them some new rankings. I hope that Doc, you're feeling more confident with your <clears> edition of this top ten wide receiver oh, rankings for fantasy absolutely. football for the 2023 redraft time frame. So we started with. I, you, thought, Doc. I thought
3: this time we could go. We could go one to ten, and I wanted to start out with uh, with number one here. Um, you know, I got to go. I got to give it to my guy Chase Claypool in Chicago, uh, hands down. Top hands in the game, Uh, just an absolute vertical red zone threat, Uh, speed guy, route runner, just breaking ankles out there, easily number one on the board. If you don't take Chase Claypool first round, um, you might as well just pack your shit up and and leave the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where you actually have him because I think he's in my top three. But before we start with Luke, I do have a hot take and I will say it right now. I do not have Cooper Cup in my top 10 at all. I know he's coming back. He was on a hot streak last year before he got injured, but I don't have Cooper Cup on my top 10. Luke, we started with Doc and Chris the last two episodes. We're going to start with you. Who is your 10th wide receiver?
2: All right, so my hot take for the wide receivers is I don't have Jamar Chase in my top 10 either. Shocker.
3: Fucking yeah. shocker, dude.
2: No, no, Jamar he's, Chase. He thought probably got Zay Flowers in there, though. No, T-J Zay Flowers.
0: Y'all out there smoking weed with Sean Payton.
2: No, he got, got a fucking OBJ
1: and his three-quarters no, of an ACL <laughs> in his
3: fucking top ten.
0: I'll exp-
1: when I get to my tenth spot, I'll explain why I don't Cooper Cup. But, Luke, I want to hear that. Why you don't have Jamar Chase in your top ten? Uh, Jamar Chase
2: didn't even finish top ten last season. He's got weak hips. He runs one route. That's about it. He, he's still trying to figure out the size of NFL football. So, I have, him, I have him. He was close. He was close. I had him slashed with my top uh, – my tenth pick. So number ten, I want uh, Devonte Smith, Devonte Devonta Smith, out of Philadelphia. Uh, pretty good wide receiver, but he's kind of overshadowed shadowed by um, AJ Brown. But I like Devontae I mean, Smith. Big 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 season for him last year. I think he continues on.
1: He was number nine last year in ESPN's uh, final point yeah. score for wide receivers. So I mean yeah, definitely
2: above jamar chase i mean there are in the injuries
1: league. that were the reason why you know when you miss four or five games you're tendency gonna have a little less points in the he, top ten just yeah yeah weak
2: weak hips i think he missed six games last year or something like that i uh,
0: think four off a freak accident chris freak i want to
1: hear accident. your hot i want to hear your take because you are an lsu boy and you know you love jamar chase before you get into your 10th receiver what do you have to say about that jamar chase hot take
0: Yeah, hey, y'all need a drug test this boy Jamar Chase is easily going to be top five again. So. All right.
1: Again. So who's your 10th receiver? <laughs> I, mean,
2: I thought you
1: were going to rip into him. Oh, again. No. Uh,
2: has he ever been top
1: five? He might've been his rookie year. Cause his rookie year, he actually, oh. he balled out his rookie year.
0: No, yeah, I mean, at, uh, at the 10 spot, I have Garrett Wilson, this guy, I have him as my 2023 breakout player. He earned 25% of target shares last year led the NFL wide receivers, and missed force tackles. He was wide receiver 19 last year, but look who was throwing him the ball. I mean, the quarterback room is a train wreck. A-Rod is here to support him, and A-Rod has proven to support a top five fantasy wide receiver. So I got Gary Wilson sliding in my 10th spot.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, Chris. I think that's going to be an interesting player this year for the New York Jets. Doc, who do you have at number 10?
3: Number ten, I'm right there with Chris. I got Garrett Wilson. I think the upgraded quarterback is going to go a long way. Um, I thought he was destined for great things last year. Obviously, the struggles at the quarterback position really hindered him and slowed him down. But I think, uh, like Chris said, a breakout year is coming for him.
1: Yeah, I think with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, like you, you boys said, um, he's definitely due for a big year. And Luke, ESPN, I can't find <coughs> theirs real quick, but Fantasy Pros for Jamar Chase in 2021, he was number third. He was number three for fantasy wide receivers. Um, which was his rookie season.
2: So he's on the yeah, decline. I,
1: mean, I mean, yeah, when you have an injury, like I said, that typically happens. But the reason why I don't have Cooper Cup, Chris, because I know you said that I'm smoking stuff too, is I don't trust Matthew Stafford. I don't trust the elbow. And I, not, I mean, I know Cooper Cup's going to be back. I think he'll be fine. Um, I feel like it's just going to be you target or you just kind of double team Cooper Cup, triple team him, put the field towards him. He's not going to ball as much as he wants to. And like I said, I just don't – it's purely because of the quarterback. I do not trust the Ram situation with the quarterback they're going to have. I don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to hold up. So who's going to play quarterback if that comes to it, and that's going to affect Cooper Cup big time? Not saying – I've had him at number 11 because that he battled with my number 10 guy who is not on a current team right now, but I have DeAndre Hopkins. Once he finds his team, whoever it is, Kansas City, Detroit, Buffalo – There's rumors that he just wants money. So he's going to go to a team, and that quarterback is going to love it, and they're just going to feed him the ball. He's a beast. He's still, to me, a top five wide receiver when he's playing. But for fantasy purposes, he will not be because it's just going to be a little harder for him to do it at his age. I think they're going to start double teaming him. But I do think he'll make number 10 on my list. Luke, number nine for you.
2: So number nine going Amara St. Brown uh, from the Detroit Lions. Uh, Dude, big season last year uh jameson williams will be suspended the first six games so he's gonna be the pretty much the only wide receiver with, um, and detroit for this first six weeks and he's just gonna be running hot after like following the rest of the season so he's gonna be bowling out again
1: yeah that's a good take there doc what do you think about mon st brown uh, he plays in your division for the detroit lions
3: Oh, definitely a big time threat. I mean, definitely got somebody we got to watch out for. I just, you know, all I can hope for this, for this Detroit team is that they go back to their old Detroit ways. And Jared Goff goes back to his old quarterback ways and, you know, puts, puts Detroit back in the basement where they belong.
1: Yeah. And Chris, what do you have at number nine for you and your wide receivers?
0: I got, I got the man St. Brown as well. I mean, He he doesn't give you the huge impact like Jay Jets does or Chase. I mean, he's not going to have those high games, but he's going to be very consistent for you. I mean, if you're going to pair him up with somebody, it's going to have to be somebody that has those hot and cold games. He gets a ton of targets, and he catches 70% of those targets. I mean, he earned 28% of the target share in year two on that offense, and it's only going to go up because, I mean, who else is on that depth chart? Jamison Williams, he's missing the first six games, and then you got a rookie tight end. I mean, that's their offense right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll use the running backs a little more, but like you said, that it's going to be Mont St. Brown for sure. I know Doc. It's like he just said he's he likes him. He doesn't like that he plays for Detroit, but like you, Luke said, he's definitely going to be a top ten. Doc, what do you have at number nine?
3: Number nine, I'm going C.D. Lamb out of uh, Dallas. I think that as long as Prescott can stay healthy and they can keep an arm in the backfield. Um, I thought the numbers were good last year. Um, C.D. Lamb?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think with Brandon Cooks there, it might create a little more open space for him. Chris, you like that C.D. Lamb spot?
0: I, I do. I do like the C.D. Lamb. I have him ranked a little higher. But, I mean, it could come down. You have Cook in the back. You have uh, Cook there out there as well. So, I mean, you have some weapons out there in Dallas now.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to go with a fellow NFC East uh, wide receiver. It's going to be A.J. Brown at my number nine spot. I love A.J. Brown. I think Jalen Hurts kind of towards the middle to the end of the season starts to show a little bit of love to Smith. Took away some of Brown's <laughs> production, but Brown did still finish in the top ten w- alongside his teammate Smith, number six last year. I do think that Jalen Hurts is going to start, you know, keep feeding the ball. Now they have another year under their belt. They can start getting that, that growth that together and – like I said, AJ Brown's a beast. Uh, Tennessee's kind of stupid for giving him up for literally nothing, it seems like. And uh I like what they're doing in Philly, so I think that's gonna be a high flying offense from the high flying Eagles. And Luke, who you have at number eight?
2: So number eight going Jalen Waddle from Miami. Uh, I have him at number eight just because of Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill's gonna take the top off of the defense. He's probably gonna make take the double coverage most the majority of the time. That's gonna leave Jalen Waddle pretty open. He's super fast. He's a huge athlete. So he's, he's tough to cover. I know. I watched the game where he had like four touchdowns against the Ravens or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle make a, a crazy duo. The question is, Doc, can Tua stay healthy enough to give these guys the ball?
2: Yeah. It's a big question mark on Jalen Waddle uh, and Tyreek Hill is the health of Tua. I don't think they have any decent backup quarterback.
3: Good answer, Doc.
1: Chris, who do you have at number eight?
0: I got Devontae Adams out of Las Vegas. I have him a little lower on my list just because of that quarterback question. We don't know who's going to be throwing him the rock. Is it going to be Garoppolo, the porn star lover? Is it going to be Trey Lance out of San Fran? Or is it going to be fucking Brian Hoyer? We don't know. Hoyer! Exactly. But, I mean, Devontae Adams, he's coming off his third straight season as a top three wide receiver. He did earn 180 targets in his first season with the Raiders, so I'm sure that's going to stay there because, I mean, Darren Waller's gone. There's rumors about Hunter Henfro dipping. I mean, he hasn't posted a target share below 30% since 2018, so this man demands the ball. He also has 12 targets inside the 10-yard line, which is fourth most in the NFL for football. NFL National Football League so he's he's a red zone target I mean he's big sturdy and he catches the ball very well
1: and the question doc is unlike the running back position does a quarterback affect a wide receiver for fantasy no
3: absolutely not absolutely not no, no you, you can you can put Brian Hoyer up there I mean Devontae Adams still gonna get his you know what I'm saying
1: gotcha so do you agree with Chris you think Adams maybe is a little low I mean for our liking or do you have some or do you have something else
3: no i think uh, i think chris makes some solid points. i got him a little bit up higher on mine, but i think chris makes some solid points on why he's gonna be knocked down i mean it, yeah it, it, it honestly it doesn't matter who starts in that backfield it's gonna it's gonna cause a hit to the to the uh the passing game and the
1: receiving so with that being so with that being said, who's your eighth wide receiver
3: my eighth wide receiver i am going. Out of Cincinnati, Jamar Chase. I think his red zone presence uh and the uh the targets that he gets in the red zone twenty-eight and fourteen games last year. Uh I mean you can't argue with getting points.
1: Chris, do you feel the hate coming from the the side over there? They just said fuck Jamar Chase. He's in the top of the bottom of the top ten, and he's outside the top ten, man. That's a lot of hate coming out of there, huh?
0: I mean, hey, when we get to Jamar Chase and I give my reasons, I have a hot take. I want you to take the receipt. Write down the time stamp because at the end of the season, y'all boys are going to be wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have Jamar Chase that low. I mean, I have him my top ten, but I don't have him at number eight. I ha- do have Jalen Waddle, like Luke said at number eight. I think Miami has probably one of the better duos at wide receivers that can be argued with Smith and AJ Brown as well. But I think that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are both beasts. Having Tyree Kill is going to create a lot of opportunities for Jalen Waddle. He can do the same thing Tyler Kill can do. He can definitely be a speedster and burn the, the defense, or he can take a quick pass, 90 yards. I mean, and that's going to create a lot of fantasy points for him. I think that benefits too as well if you want to take a rate, reach on him later on in the draft, like the middle rounds. But I do think Jalen Wall is going to be a top 10 receiver. He was number eight last year. ESPN this year has him number 10. Uh, so, yeah, I just I don't think it's going to slow down with the Miami Dolphins out there and that, that offense. Luke, who do you have at number seven?
2: So number seven, C.D. Lamb from the Cowboys. I think he's the only real threat for the Cowboys offense right now for wide receiver-wise. Yeah, they have Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, but Brandon Cooks at this point is starting to get old. He's been passed around from team to team his entire career. So new new team for him, Michael Gallup, solid, solid player for the Cowboys, but C.D. Lamb is going to be getting the majority of his targets for, from Dak Prescott if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, and Doc, I uh, actually – I've been saying CD Lamb is not a true number one receiver, and I, I think uh, after last year I ate those words from a buddy of mine um, in one of my group chats. Do you think CeeDee Lamb has what it takes to still be a consistent number one for the next few years?
3: Yeah, I think he's absolutely got what it takes, and I think there's a the number of teams that he can be a number one wide receiver on. Uh, I mean, there's – Several teams I can think of off the top of my head that would that would benefit greatly from from putting him on that roster. So I think, like you said, what he what he came through last year and the numbers he put up. I mean, definitely, you know, a huge improvement for him and and you know, showing his capabilities and raising his ceiling up a lot higher. Yeah, and with that
1: being said, Chris, who is your seventh wide receiver though? <laughs>
0: I'm going to go with Luke here. I got CD Lamb as well. I mean, Dallas force-fed him the rock last season. He saw 156 targets last year. He did finish his wide receiver six on the year. My only thing is if Dak is healthy. I mean, he averaged 15.5 points per game when Dak was in there, and I believe he only averaged around 10 when Dak was out of the game. So, I mean, Dak is the key right here for CD. His passing volume, though, in Dallas is going to go down a little bit. They got that new OC out there that doesn't want to throw the ball as much. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that.
1: Yeah, that's the reason. Apparently that's the reason why Kellen Moore left the, uh, the team is because they weren't going to be throwing the ball nearly as much. And Doc, who do you have at number seven? <clears throat> number seven, I'm going
3: Jalen Waddle out of Miami. I think uh, 75 receptions last year. Uh, 1,356 yards, almost doubled his yards per reception to 18.1. Uh, show what he can do when he gets out of the open field. He's got speed, eight touchdowns. Just a great performance from him last year. Uh, I think him paired with Tyreek Hill, having two threats like that, uh, avoids, you know, the double coverage uh, consistently on one or the other. So I think, you know, it, it opens up that field for both of them to truly excel all year long.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all on a board that Jalen Waddle is going to be a top 10 I mean, I don't think Chris has him yet, so we'll have to see where he if he falls on that top 10 for him. Luke, we're getting to that that sixth spot. Who do you have there?
2: So number six for me is going to be Cooper Cup. Uh, dude, dude's a ball magnet. Not, not a super freak athlete, average dude, but for some reason he gets a bunch of catches, big-time yards all the time when he's on the field. So maybe some injury concerns with him. I mean, he missed, what, half the season last year with injuries, but... Uh, I like Cooper Cup if healthy, at number six.
1: And sorry to backtrack. I did not give my number uh, seven spot. Damn. I'm going Stephon Diggs at number seven. I think he's still one of the top receivers in the league. Um, I think a little bit of chemistry issues might cause him because you kind of start to see it at the end of last year, that especially in the playoff game. <clears throat> Stephon Diggs was starting to become his old self in Minnesota, and I think that might affect it. It could affect his relationship with Josh Allen. I'm also maybe anticipating that maybe DeAndre Hopkins is going to be there. So that's kind of why I'm having him at number seven or number seven right now on my list. Could go up if Hopkins has, does sign elsewhere, but as of right now, I have him at number seven. Doc, go back to, to Luke's take, Cooper Cup. Do you think he does bounce back this year?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd like to see better performance out of the, you know, I mean, not that they got much to work with for a quarterback in in Los Angeles, but it would be nice to see uh you know some better passes out of the backfield but at the end of the day Cooper Cooper's a natural receiver he's going to come down with the ball he's going to get his catches and he's going to make plays
1: and Chris who do you have at number six
3: I got our boy
0: AJ Brown I mean this man is just a tank of a wide receiver since his days at Ole Miss I mean when that gym picture surfaced man looked like he was roided up he's on a great offense MVP caliber caliber of a quarterback he checked my block last year because out of Tennessee he had two years back to back with an injury Eagles last year fully healthy season so I mean I've I've AJ up there I don't think Devontae Smith is going to take any shares from him
1: Luke with that being said do you think that the or the the growth that they were having with Smith and Church do you think that's going to hurt AJ Brown or you think it's still gonna be AJ Brown's number one out there in Philly
2: uh, no, I think A.J. Brown's still going to be number one. I think Devontae Smith uh, is just going to open up more opportunities for A.J. Brown in this offense with the, Devontae Smith just coming out as a better wide receiver, getting a little more targets. So it's, it's hard to cover two like, all-pro wide, wide receivers on the same team.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And Doc, you're number six wide receiver in this top ten rankings.
3: Yeah, like usual, I'm right there with Chris. I'm going A.J. Brown. Yeah. Uh, you know, 145 targets last year, stepped the numbers up, almost 1,500 receiving yards, um, 11 touchdowns. I mean, that's good for for 66 points. So got to love gotta love getting numbers from A.J. Brown.
1: Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown's a beast. I had him, Doc, last year. Before, you know, you weren't here last year in the league, but I had him as my uh, wide receiver, helped carry me to the championship before uh, DeMar Hamlin decided to die on me. So sucks I couldn't use A.J. Brown potentially in that championship for the full potential had. But I'm going to go A-Brown, but it's not Brown. It's St. Brown. I'm going Mon St. Brown at number six. I think he is going to put himself in that top tier wide receiver this year. I think he's going to have a huge, huge breakout last year, or year. He definitely broke out last year, but like Chris and you guys have said, no Jamison Williams for the first six games. We saw what he did without him last year, and we saw what he did with him this year. And I did say Jared Goff's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And if he's a top 10 quarterback, you need to have that receiver there. So I'm going to have Mon St. Brown in my top Six, actually, is he's number six. Luke, number five for you as we approach the top five, finally.
2: So my top five, number five, is going to be A.J. Brown. We've already talked about this dude. Dude's a freak. Looks like he's roared out all the time. Huge at the wide receiver position. Catches everything. Good quarterback. So And Devontae Smith's going to free up some of that uh, double coverage off of him.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we've all hammered that. A.J. That Brown is one of the top. Receivers in
0: the league, Chris. Who do you have at number five? I got our boy Stephon Diggs. This could be dropping the D Hop signs. I mean, D Hop is going to want that percentage of targets going his way, but Diggs. I mean, twenty three targets inside the twenty yard line, ranked seventh most in the NFL. He's a red zone threat. I mean, he has a unique combination of weekly target volume and touchdown upside. If D Hop comes, he's D Hop is that red zone target too. So I think that's going to take some touchdowns away from Diggs.
1: Doc, do you agree that Stefan Diggs is still going to be one of those top five receivers this year, or do you just have someone else on that list at number five? No,
3: I actually, uh, right with Chris, I got Stefan Diggs at number five. Um, you know, that could change both with the with the, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins signing. It could also change if, you know, he can't get that attitude and, uh, under control and keep those emotions in check. You know, like you said, we kind of saw it uh, towards the end of last year in the – frustration was very visible on the field but if he can uh, kind of patch it up with Josh Allen and and they can get that chemistry and you know find that cohesion i mean uh, he can, he he has plenty of room to improve from last year
1: yeah luke are you a stephon diggs kind of fan though do you do you like what they have in buffalo with josh allen Stefan diggs that connection
2: yeah i do i think that uh frustration with uh stephon diggs and josh allen was due to some of his Josh Allen's relationship issues he had going on during the playoff series time. Uh, Josh Allen went through a very public breakup, and I guess he stayed up all night the night before getting yelled at by his girlfriend. So yeah, um, that's never fun. About get... it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Josh Allen's Big got size. some some like supermodel movie star. Uh, yeah, Haley's girlfriend. Haley Stein, so he should be good bro. to go. The the last time, um, quarterback had a. A list celebrity um, girlfriend. They won MVP that season, so we'll see what happens with Josh Allen. But. So
1: you're saying because Josh Allen is dating Haley Steinfeld, uh, the the Black Widow's like whatever sidekick, or not Black Widow, but Hawkeye's sidekick. Now Josh Allen's gonna win MVP.
2: Yeah, she's gonna keep him very happy this season.
1: <laughs> All right, so <laughs> write that down, Chris and Doc. Josh Allen wins MVP. To actress as his girlfriend, love it, man. I love, I love the I there, throw,
2: Luke. throw. Throw, throw, throw little asterisks on there if they stay together the full season. If they make the playoffs times and they start breaking up, Josh Allen's gonna lose it again, have a fucking terrible game. <laughs> I
0: thought, I thought Lamar was winning MVP with his six thousand yards throwing.
2: Well, uh, that, that was before he started dating uh Haley Steinfeld. Oh, gotcha.
3: oh now he's down to four thousand yards. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, <it> might, <laughs> yeah. Might be, might be four thousand. Seven. Josh is up to seven.
2: Yeah, Josh. relationship.
1: Yeah, Josh's Lamar relationship affects up. how many yards Lamar Jackson has. So, hey, it uh, happened hey. three
2: times for having like four times for Aaron Rodgers. Every time he had his A-list celebrity girlfriend, he won MVP.
1: Gotcha. So, I mean, maybe that's why Mahomes won MVP too. Maybe, maybe his wife was under check, and you know they they patched up that you know that drama, and now he's MVP kept, too.
2: Kept her out of the stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but let's go back <laughs> to our list while while we're doing this. Out of the boxes. I have number five, Ceedee Lamb. We've all said it already why we think he's going to be there. Dak's going to target him. It seemed like the relationship they had got a little better from the year before. Dak was actually targeting him a lot more. CeeDee Lamb was actually not dropping the ball nearly as much. He was a lot more consistent as the number one wide receiver. I do think adding Brandon Cooks with that wide receiver core is just going to create more opportunity. I think Brandon Cooks still has what it takes to be a good two number two wide receiver uh, with Dallas. Uh, I'm not a huge Dak fan, but Dak's good enough to get uh, CeeDee Lamb the ball. Uh, Luke, number four for you.
2: So number four is going to be Stephon Diggs. Uh, we've talked about him a lot so far. But I think Josh Allen keeps his relationship problems in check. Uh, this is without D-Hop being on the team. He has a solid number two wide receiver, Gabe Davis for UCF, uh, who gets a decent amount of targets. But I think Stephon Diggs, very consistent wide receiver. He gets his targets. He gets his touchdowns. So he's going to be solid top five pick at the wide receiver, so he's my number four.
1: And, Chris, before you roll into your number four wide receiver, do you feel Gabe Davis is a solid wide receiver in the league?
0: I think he's one of those, like I said earlier, one of those hot and cold wide receivers. I mean, he has a hot game that he can pop off if he gets that 80-yard touchdown or he's not going to get looked at and get any of those targets.
1: With that being said, who do you have at number four?
0: I got my boy from LSU, Jamar Chase. I'm going to give you the reasons why. I mean, he led all wide receivers and red zone targets per game. He got 28 with the 14 games he played. He did miss four games with a crazy freak accident. He got 30% target shares, 22 receiving touchdowns in the last two seasons, most by any wide receiver since Odell Beckham, another LSU wide receiver. I mean, Zach Taylor turned the ball or turned the keys over to Joe Burrow and said here have fun with the offense they turned it into a pass heavy scheme I mean he's going to get the targets his per game targets increased from his rookie season and Mark timestamp it right now write it down on your fucking piece of paper Chase hasn't peaked yet and he's about to peak this season Chase is going to lead the NFL and wide receiver touchdowns this year
1: and what he's trying to say, Luke and Doc is both of you guys can go fuck yourself because Jamar Chase is about to take over this league and be a top five wide receiver like he was his rookie year. So fuck both of you, Doc. Who's your number four wide receiver?
0: Hold on, real quick, real I, quick, real quick. I I don't, I don't agree with. Real quick, he did miss four games last year and still finished as a wide receiver eleven. Just throwing that out there.
3: I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's shit. I'm. I think he's a top wide receiver. He's a top ten wide receiver. Out of how many wide receivers we got in the NFL. He's a top ten. I mean, that makes him a
2: good receiver.
1: Seven. seven. shit. Eyes, right? Seven is disrespectful in his eyes, Doc. That's all I'm saying. I'll be better.
2: I, I be have better. It eleven. He's my number eleven, but. But Doc, who's oh, your number four? I don't think he's
3: that good. Uh, number four for me, I'm going Devontae <laughs> Adams. Uh, 180 <laughs> targets last year. Over 1,500 yards and 14 scores. I mean, you just can't argue with the results. Um, I know that we've talked about the quarterback situation, but he's already proven that he can play for a subpar quarterback and still get his numbers. Uh, The only concern is, you know, the reception to target percentage. Um, But aside from that, I mean, the guy's still going to ball hawk, put up numbers, still a red zone threat. Still, I mean, you're not going to hit him on an 80-yard touchdown, but he's going to get yards and he's going to get you touchdowns.
1: Yeah, number 4 doc. I have what Chris said, I have Jamar Chase. So, if someone's not good, um, cuz I guess, I mean, I guess he won rookie of the year his rookie year, which was, you know, his first year, that was two seasons ago. I guess Lamar Jackson's not good anymore because he hasn't done anything since his MVP season. So, if we're going based on, you know, wars don't matter and things like that, so I guess Jamar Chase is not good, but he had over 1000 yards in four games missed, nine touchdowns, over 80, almost 90 catches with a number, a st- an actual stud number two wide receiver, not named Gabe Davis. Actual T. Higgins, who is a better number two. So he's sharing the ball, and Tyler Boyd, who's a pretty hell of a good uh, flex receiver or flex wide receiver, who's going to be or slot wide receiver. I'm sorry, who's going to be on the team next year? So I mean, there's a lot of ball, a lot of people that he's sharing the ball with, and he's still pr- produce, or productive. He's good at catching those slants from Joe Burrow, Mr. Joe slants, and he deep turns- slant turns a 7-yard pass into a 25 30-yard pass on a consistent dime. So, that's, that's I, I don't see, yeah, I don't see where where the problem is with Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, he did he got hurt last There's year. There's only one Browning.
3: guy. You 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 saying that like like you and Chris are like this is a 2v2 thing here. There's only one guy that's got <laughs> so a problem with Jamar Chase. No, I think Jamar Chase is a phenomenal receiver. I agree that Lamar Jackson is dog shit. But, uh, no, you know Jamar mean, Chase is a great
2: i, guy I think that part of I think it was Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar. <laughs> <But you> had, <laughs> the problem was
1: you had Jamar number eight. You had Lamar, or, sorry, Jamar Chase at number eight, and that's just disrespectful. I'm sorry. We just, we're just we not going to fly with that, all right? We don't agree yeah, with doc. that, and we're just going to tell you how it feels, Doc. I'm I don't sorry. give
3: a fuck what you agree with. I don't see Dude, DJ I Moore says, on this list. Talk to the fucking, fucking guy. Talk to the fucking guy that didn't have him in the top ten, all right? Don't fucking talk to me about it because yeah. I had him in
2: my top ten. Jamal Chase it's gonna hurt his cover, hip again. Bro. He's gonna miss half the season. He'll be a fucking maybe top twenty wide receiver. Well, fucking him That's and Lamar, it. him and
0: Lamar can go use the restroom together then, because right, Lamar's you know gonna it. fucking hurt know, half the I season. I
3: brought up by the way talking about how he ain't shit because he he hasn't won an MVP since his second season. So I was agreeing I with didn't
2: that. Up. Anyway, no, I know, but gonna, I'm
3: agreeing with it.
2: Let's
1: digress. Getting a little off topic here. I, I kind of opened a can of worms there. Sorry, boys. Luke, can you have at number three?
2: Devonte Adams will be my number three wide receiver. Doesn't matter who's that quarterback for him; he's gonna he's gonna get the majority of the targets. I mean, it's him and Hunter Renfro, which not really a question: who are you gonna throw to first? Uh, Devonte Adams catches everything, comes his way. He's a beast. He's bigger than every all the other quarterback, like corners. So, I think I you guys. It should be either Jimmy G or Tom Brady throwing him the ball. Well, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady did come out well, today.
1: Well, Tom Brady has to get 24 Eddie? votes from the owners to play if he wants to play well, the owners. Tom he Brady won't. came Unless out today. Shares. Tom, Brady came out shares today.
0: Tom Brady came out today and said that he wasn't playing at all.
1: Yeah,
2: he did say might that. might be lying. Well, he, he might be. We'll,
1: we'll see how that goes. But, um, you guys Wait till G.G. gets cut. You guys keep sleeping on a wide receiver. They added. They did add Jacoby Myers. So I don't think Renfro is going to be the actual number two. Uh, coming into the season, I think my- I'm not saying Myers is great, but Myers is going to be the the two probably in loss.
3: Renfro has been on a on a downslide.
2: Yeah, definitely. Myers had a court. good had, Myers had a good season last year at the Patriots too. Considering Mac Jones
1: QB, yeah, it was pretty solid. Yeah, solid. Yeah, Jimmy G is kind of the similar to Mac Jones, in my opinion. Chris, who do you have at number three?
0: I got the cheetah, Tyreek Hill himself. And you might have noticed I don't have Jalen Waddle here. I just don't think. Jalen Waddell is going to get in that top 10 with, I mean, we have 10 outstanding receivers and I think they're just going to put up bigger numbers than Jalen Waddell is. But I mean, Tyreek finished top 24 in fantasy wide receivers in 12 of his 16 fully healthy games. I mean, Tyreek delivers that boom game. He leads all wide receivers and targets and receptions of 20 plus yards down the field. I mean, you want to look for a deep slant. Tyreek Hill's the man. He has that big playability.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Doc, do you agree with him? Is Tyreek Hill your number three wide receiver?
3: No, number three, I'm going with the uh, the inspiration behind my team name, two girls, one cup. That is going to be Cooper Cup. Uh, coming off a down year, obviously, had some injury problems. Uh, still ninety or 75 receptions, was still on pace to have. Another solid year like he did the year before, with almost 2,000 um, receiving yards and 16 touchdowns. He had six and nine games last year. I think he comes back from this ing- injury hungry, and I think he comes back ready to go and ready to take uh, ready to take LA by storm again.
1: Yeah, I, I I want to see Cooper Cup succeed. I just to me it's just all based based on the quarterback. I don't think they're gonna have a situation there where it's gonna benefit Cooper Cup. I'm going Tyree Kill. I'm gonna agree with Chris. He said he's one of the fastest receivers in the league. He burns the, the secondary like it's nothing with Jalen Waddle there. You can't just double-team uh, Tyreek Hill because Jalen Waddle will beat you underneath. So it creates a lot more opportunity for Tyreek Hill. I think Tua can still give him the ball, even though I'm not a huge fan. I got Tyreek at number three. Luke, in our top two, who do you have at number two?
2: So, number two for me is going to be Tyreek Hill. We've talked about him. Dude's fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Ball magnet. Tua can underthrow him by so far, and he'll run back and catch the ball and still take it for a touchdown. I feel like 50% of the time, Tyreek Hill has the ball in his hands. He's about to go 80 yards for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've all hammered Tyreek Hill. Chris, who do you have at number two?
0: At number two, I'm going to ride the train of quarterbacks don't fucking matter. I have Cooper Cup, okay? I mean, yes. He had an incredible last season before he got injured. Still finished as wide receiver twenty-four. I mean, from weeks one to one through ten, Cups off thirty-one percent of those target shares. That's only going to go up. I mean, he's dominant. He's their offense. All you can do is give Cup the ball. And I'm going to use the same fucking argument Doc used about King Henry. It works. You're going to keep feeding him. Double team him. Cup's the white best wide receiver ever. Okay. <laughs>
1: grammar's not your thing. I think you meant to say best white receiver, not white best receiver. But hey, it's southern, yeah,
0: southern yeah. education.
1: Yeah, I understand. Go go tigers, but Doc, go Tigers. Do who do you have at number two? Uh
3: number two, I'm going Tyreek Hill. Uh everybody's hit it. You know, everybody knows who Tyreek Kill is, why he's good. We don't need to hammer it. Uh my only concern for him, uh fifteen touchdowns three years ago, but last two seasons of touchdown numbers have kind of dropped pretty significantly, only seven last year. Uh so a lot of concern there, but made up for with 1,700 receiving yards, so, uh, you know, and 119 catches, so, you know, he makes up the points elsewhere, but, you know, if he can put the touchdowns together with it, it's going to be an explosive season that could easily catapult him to number one.
1: Yeah, and Tyreek Hill was number two last year, Doc, so like you said, he made up for that without the touchdowns. I mean, in a PPR league, Tyreek Hill is your guy. Speaking of my guy, Devontae Adams, number two at my spot, I think no matter matter who's throwing the ball, he's going to be there. I think Devontae Adams is just one of the pure best wide receivers in the game and it's hard to ignore that in fantasy he was number three last year so I literally just flipped Tyree kill and Devontae Adams and number one it seems like it's been a consensus for the for the third episode in a row we have the same number the same wide receiver you got something to say doc about that
3: I I got something to say I, I told you who my number one was
0: so we Chase don't have Claypool, Justin, baby.
1: we don't have Justin Jefferson <laughs> as our number one wide receiver oh, I Chase got DJ Claypool,
0: Mo- baby I got okay. DJ Moore
1: My man, let's go. Hey, DJ Moore out of Maryland. There's coming, baby. (laughs) Writing that down so that the three of you have DJ Moore. I will ride with JJ, Justin Jefferson. What what did you say,
2: Luke? What? DJ Moore. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, so this episode. I'm
3: going to switch. I'm going to go DJ Moore, too. We're going to make it a triple crown here. I'm going
1: DJ Moore. I'm changing
3: it.
2: I I was so pissed the Ravens skipped past on him drafting him. Out of Maryland. Like, come on. Easy pick. Take DJ Moore.
1: And, Doc, hopefully you guys are all right. I mean, that just makes the Chicago Bears that much better. And Justin Fields will definitely elevate his game in the passing uh,
2: side. Hey, uh, DJ Moore got a quarterback
3: now. That's all I'm saying.
2: Hey, DJ Moore balled out without a quarterback.
0: Just a little Astrid. I do have JJ as uh, number one.
2: Same. I mean, I think – Same, same. same, Yep. (laughs) Just just so
0: that's out there.
2: (laughs) He's a ball man. Yeah, I think we all do. Fucking Kirk, daddy, cousins can fucking throw him the ball. Fucking a hundred times a game, and Justin Jefferson's gonna catch it. Ninety nine. I won't.
0: I won't blame you, Luke, for taking him number one overall either.
2: Yeah, and that's it's the, possibility. I mean, he I mean, carried my fantasy team last year, not to the playoffs, but at yeah,
1: least there was a respectable that, record. I think towards the end of the year, Luke fucked me on a game. I think it was the week they played the Patriots on that Thursday night. I think it was Thanksgiving. Oh, man. They, they, Jefferson dropped like 40 fucking points. And I was like, shit. That's the reason why I lost the game. And I, it
2: was like I 40 points mad. in the second half or something like that. It was like yeah, first I was like, half, just, he had like one catch. I was
1: literally texting you, please don't drop 80. Just, just drop like 50 <laughs> or less. I mean, that, that's saying something if you're begging for 50 or less. But let's move on. He's a beast. Um, we are going to skip the NFL, just time, time constraint. We're going to jump to NCAA 2A, like Doc says, something that we haven't really talked about much on this show. Starting with the Colorado Buffaloes, something we normally probably would never talk about from the Pac-12, but they made a lot of headlines this year, signing Deion Sanders as their next head coach. The main talks now, besides the transfer portal, which we're not going to hammer that, the the main talks are, Doc, Colorado's interested in joining the Big 12. They do have two big noon games to start off their schedule against TCU and Nebraska. Those are the first two. But are you interested maybe seeing Colorado transfer over to maybe the Big 12 where Texas and Oklahoma are leaving? And he'd actually join a better conference in the Pac twelve.
3: Uh I mean to be honest with you with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I don't know if the Big Twelve is a better conference anymore. Um I think Pac twelve is, is gonna have more competition in it at the moment. Um I mean Baylor TCU I'm just or BYU yeah TCU too right
1: uh TCU, yeah, TCU BYU Baylor yeah. They they, they got <laughs> yeah, UCF in Cincinnati as well too
2: and Houston, oh
3: Cincinnati, in. yeah, that's something to step up. Houston, I think Houston dominated in a in a very weak. What were they in the All American? Um, American, I'm Athletic. not American Athletic. Yeah, Honestly. I'm not. I'm not super thrilled by Houston. It's going to be interesting to see what they do when they step up against real talent. But
2: uh, I, don't yeah, I don't know. You, Colorado, you, I don't know. Colorado, I there too. Yeah, UCF's there. Yeah, that matters. UCF four and one against uh, SEC player.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean it, it'll make it'll make it interesting for sure. I just I don't think that Colorado is up at the level to where they're going to bring any serious heat to the Big 12. I mean, they didn't win in the Pac-12. You're going to tell me if they're going is it going to be cool to see them go to a tougher conference? I mean, it would have been nice if they won in the Pac-12 before they came over then.
1: Speaking of winning, Doc, I mean, Chris, we were talking about it too. Colorado was 1 and 11 last year. Do they have the, do they have serious expectations? <clears throat> I know they have those two those two big noon games because of Deion Sanders, do you think those expectations are going to be met? Or where do you think they're going to fall this year? Chris.
0: Oh, Chris. Yeah, that's me.
3: Oh, that, Luke, that's your cue, Luke. <laughs> oh, okay, let
2: me hop in. I thought Luke, I thought Luke, I thought I, Luke was answering I, I, I got this one. I think they're going to be a 5-1 team at best this year. They're, they're going to drop the first two big noon kickoff <laughs> games against TCU and Nebraska. They're, they're going to drop both those games. No, they're, they're going to take Nebraska. Play.
3: The, the, the Broncos is a fucking dumpster fire right now.
2: I I don't think it matters. I, I mean, this is all of this is just <laughs>
0: about a money grab on money. I mean, Prime is bringing money in. Everyone's going to come out. Season tickets are sold out already with him. I mean, the summer game was sold out. It's all money. Let's see how you do in the Pac first season before we start talking about moving conferences.
3: Look, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, uh, you know, what he did previously to Colorado goes a long way I think that he is going to help reshape the culture into a winning culture in Colorado I just don't think it's going to happen the first maybe even the second year especially with how many folks under the transfer portal they're going to bring in a whole new team unless they're bringing in some serious talent you know some backups from other schools like some powerhouse schools that are going to find their opportunity to start coming to Colorado and playing uh for Dion but Otherwise, no, I think this year is going to be a wash, even if the guys come through. It's still a lot that you've got to pick up on the playbook and everything else. Um, guys that aren't used to learning a new playbook in a couple of days, uh, you know, like you would in the pros like DeAndre Hopkins about to do. Um, so I think this year, yeah, I think Luke's got it. I think it's going to be a, you know, a 4-5 win season. I think that they get the shit absolutely beaten out of them. Uh, I think they get just absolutely cleaned by TCU. But I think they come in and I think they uh, if they don't beat, you know Nebraska by a couple scores. I think they eke one out. I definitely think they get a win over over Nebraska in that second big noon game, um, and then it'll be you know interesting to see what they do with the rest of the the rest of the season. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say four to five wins for Colorado this year. I mean, yeah, Doc, I have,
0: a, I have a question. Like, is it? Of course, it's Prime that did it. But did Prime do what he did at Jackson State because of the coach he was, or because of the talent he brought in? I mean, he got that five-star wide receiver out there. I mean, the talent he brought in there, Jackson State has never seen before. I mean, no, I right, have to look right. at,
3: but that, yeah, but that's what I'm saying though is that's why it's not going to happen this year, maybe not even next year. He's got to get the talent in here, and I think that you know it's a little bit of a coincidence that everybody's joining the portal to get out of there. So now there's room for him to bring that talent in and he can go and recruit and say, hey, I've got room for you to start. So I think he's absolutely it's, – it's, it's, 100% it's the talent that he brought in, but he's going he's to do that again.
0: Well, he's yeah. going – but he's now going against other teams that have that talent now, though. I mean, I'd, I can't off the top of my name know what conference Jackson State's in, but the Sunday. teams they've – yeah, the teams, the teams he faced doesn't have the talent that he had on his team. When he's joining Pac-12 or Big Ten, they're about to have those five-star recruits.
3: Yeah, well, well that's okay. where it's going to be tough to to gauge. I mean, that's where, you know, he's going to get that talent. I think he's, you know, that's where it's going to come down to the play calling and his true ability as a coach, and that's where it's going to come into test. So uh, it's going to be make or break for him, that's for sure.
2: Well. Deion Sanders has brought some talent back to Colorado. All those five stars he brought to Jackson State have all transferred to following him. He's brought five players in one week from Florida State over. So, but they can't play this team, year. I, don't, I, don't, I have looked too far into it. You're not. A,
3: you can't play the first year after transfer, right? Uh,
2: it, dep- yeah, no, it depends. It no, depends. They, they changed. Yeah. My, I
1: think most players they play that right away. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You know, really? I, the transfer really well right away. It, the transfer portal is what – I forgot which coach called out prime, but it's become more of like kind of like free agency. That's the problem and, that people yep. are having with transfer portal.
2: And you got to look at those players transferring out. Who are they? You don't see those players showing up at some other school. So, like in the headlines. So, they could be those players. You said, hey, I don't have room for you, and they're transferring out. So, yeah, the headlines big with like 50-plus, 60-plus players transferring out. But that could be the whole team transfer that Transfer portal is a way to
1: keep a scholarship.
2: Yeah,
1: and one one thing before, because I, I have another question about Prime for you boys that I'm actually interested to hear is they the Jackson State played in the SWAC, the Southwestern athletic, athletic Conference. Yeah, so not the right. Sun Belt. Um, remember they're H C H B C H B C HBCU. You know, yeah, so that's the SWAC.
2: Hey, uh, fire marching bands in the HBCUs.
1: Oh, I definitely agree on that one. But no, nothing
2: better than watching the Jackson State and uh, FAMU halftime show. I loved it. I love watching the marching bands go at it.
1: But my last part of the game, game. <laughs> it was Probably way better than the game.
2: game. I literally had to switch networks to go watch the halftime show for that. And I did. And didn't come back for the second half of the game.
1: <laughs> I have a question, though. That they they went up. off. Question sorry. for you, Doc, and you, Chris. No, I'm sorry, Luca. Luke. Uh, Luke's mentioned it, and I've heard it too from other people, is does Prime leave after a few years if they actually become good? Does he take a Florida State offer if they offer to him? Or another big name from a power uh, – actual good school from a power five that – Maybe he uses, like, another stepping stool to get to where he wants to go.
3: Absolutely. It's all about the limelight for him. It's all about getting into the showcase. Um, if, he, if he cared about success and building the dynasty, he would have stayed at Jackson State. Let's be real. He had it going. He had all the tools, all the making for it. Um, he's going to do it temporarily here at Colorado, and he'll re- rinse and repeat, you know, whatever Power 5 conference school that he goes to next. Or I mean, Colorado is technically being in the Pac-12, but – He's aiming, he's aiming SEC or like a Michigan if he wants to go Big Ten. It would be like a Michigan yeah. or Ohio State.
2: Watch, watch him for Alabama when Nick Saban retires.
1: Well, if Nick Saban retires. Could be a big you could one. Also, if, you could
2: also yeah. – so Him and Nick Saban, they're good buddies now. They're but doing all also, the AFLAC commercials together.
1: But you could also think about the NFL too. Maybe he might take this opportunity ball out in college for a little bit. Maybe five, ten years, he's an NFL coach somewhere. Maybe he goes to coaches for Jared Jones, or maybe if Jared Jones somehow—not saying it's going to happen—but he's a little older, passes away, Stephen Jones is, t- is over the team, and they give prime time a spot in Dallas. That's that's money right there. That's a money grab. You know, well, that's something we're going to talk about
3: in five to ten years.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he takes it. I think he's coach.
3: I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's got. He's going to have to prove himself. I mean, especially being in a. You know, if Colorado makes it into the Big Twelve. Uh, I think he's going to have to prove himself on a bit of a bigger stage in Colorado to get a Dallas Cowboys head coaching job.
2: Yeah, I don't think Deion takes a job where he's not the boss.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's why I said Jared Jones isn't there. Stephen Jones, we don't know how his personality is compared to Jerry. <clears throat> Jerry and Stephen are two different personalities. So. Yeah, Jerry's a dickhead. Well, Jerry, it's Jerry's team. So, I mean, it's Lily, yeah. he's the general manager. He's the he's president. He's very hands-on. He's, yeah. So, But Chris – a topic that we wanted to talk about, speaking of Nick Saban and speaking of your hat that you're wearing, the SEC, they have announced their 2024 schedule because Texas and Oklahoma are coming a year early to the conference where the big boys apparently play. And speaking of the big boys, they're still going to play that easy bullshit eight-game conference schedule instead of going to nine games like most of the other conferences. How do you feel about that new change or that actual yeah, state, I mean- state change?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. I was very I was very confused when the news broke today about it. I was reading a lot of teams were against it. I mean, even the SEC commissioner was against it. They all wanted this nine-game schedule. I mean, with the eight-game schedule, you have one rival, and then you cycle through the SEC. I mean, it's going to be nice because you play each team in the SEC twice every four years. So it will be interesting to see some teams that, like, LSU doesn't play like I dropped fact earlier, Texas hasn't Texas AM hasn't played Georgia only one time since AM's been the SEC. So it'll be interesting to see some of these matchups that haven't really been playing. But I hate the one rival thing. I want to see LSU play Alabama every fucking year.
1: And Doc, I, I was gonna propose this and I, I want to hear your opinion if you like it. I think if they go to nine nine games against the conference, you can keep two rivals so like Chris just said, you can keep an Alabama LSU and Alabama can still play Auburn, things like that. Texas can play Oklahoma. They can play Texas A&M. That, those are two rivalry games, for example. And they could play three out-of-conference games, and then one of those, because like, typically one of those three for teams that play three are a tougher game. Do you think that would work for the SEC, or are you okay with the eight-game schedule? What kind of format would you like to see for the SEC? Because remember, it's only a one-year temporary schedule.
3: I'm honestly I'm honestly good with eight or nine, as long as it's a rotating and not a conference um you know, a division schedule within the conference. That should always piss me off, seeing the same opponents every single year. You don't get the chance to, to see the other side of the, the conference. Um, I think at least, yeah, the two rivalry games, I think is a fantastic idea. I mean, there's so many. I mean, schools have rivalries everywhere. I mean, Illinois and Missouri, to open up the season, has always been a big rivalry uh interconference rivalries are are a staple, you know, uh playing for the different trophies and everything else. Uh the mascots going at it during the game. I mean, you've got to keep the rivalries. I think I think leave it open to what the schedule is. I don't think, you know, maybe don't base it off the rivalries. Um, you know, you got enough rivalries within the conference that you should come up with two. On, you you should come out of it with two anyways.
1: Yeah, I mean, it- it's, it's hard because you want to build new rivalries and to do that. Like Chris said, you kind of got to filter through new teams. But you've been so accustomed to that that rivalry, like LSU-Florida, LSU-Bama. And, L- and Florida's in the east and the LSU's in the west. So Florida, Florida now, State. Oh, but that's going to be Even though, even the though same. it's out of conference, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that will stay the same. But but Florida can't play Georgia and Florida can't play Tennessee. It's going to be Florida-Georgia. And Tennessee loses that rivalry to Alabama. Like, things like that. Luke, I know you're going to be joining the Big 12, so, like, you know you're going to see UCF form new rivalries, but for the SEC, like what what is a good way for that to to be happy to make you know the the SEC fans and SEC players and teams happy?
2: I mean I I don't see why they can't do two rivals with an eight game in conference. Either way, I, it doesn't make sense that they only have one rival. Like why can't they play those two rivals every year, then play six other teams and rotate those six teams? But the SEC just doing this is a way to keep them having like at least one team in the playoffs or two teams, and most likely. Because when was the last time you see Alabama and Georgia play in the regular season against each other? It doesn't happen. They they don't play each other. Georgia and Alabama would usually take the easier schedules for SEC play. But I, I hope they keep some of these uh, big rivalry games Even if they're on like a rotating schedule, maybe they still do the LSU Alabama game and they do LSU Georgia. I mean LSU and Florida games. Try to keep those games as much as possible as rivalry games. But I don't know. We'll see. SEC is keeping their cards in their pocket so they can get as many championships as possible.
1: And Chris, you know you're the you're the SEC guy. I'm about to be an SEC guy uh, in in another year. Um, LSU, like you guys, kind of got shafted in my opinion because. These four new teams, I still consider Missouri and A&M new teams for the SEC. I mean, they've only been around for like a decade. And now you have Texas and Oklahoma, which is a rivalry. We know that you can still have Texas and A&M. That could be a rivalry. But LSU plays the Alabamas and the Flores every year. Who is their rivalry going to be? Is it really A&M? Like, I mean, yeah, I know y'all play each other in every year. But, like, your rivalries just got taken away because these new Big 12 teams, the four of them, are coming in. And, it takes away from that traditional SEC rival that you guys had for so many years.
0: Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier with y'all, I it either be a and M or like I said, Arkansas, we we battle for the boot every year. So, I mean, I'm going to have to lean maybe towards Arkansas, but like we were talking to one of our friends, cowboy earlier. I mean, if they went nine games, three rivalries, that's all about competition. But like Luke hit on the nail, I mean, the SEC is looking for teams in the playoffs. And if you have these teams going against the best teams in the SEC, then those SEC teams are going to be racking up losses. And that's, I mean, the playoffs is moving to 12 teams in 2024. So, I mean, we might be able to see two or three lost teams. But right now it looks like the playoff committee is looking for that record over strength of schedule.
1: Yeah, because I think it's the power. It's the top six conference winners, and then six at large is what they're they're doing. So it might not even be power five. It could be literally four power five conference winners, and then two like non power five. So the American Athletic or like the I don't know, I don't know who another team that made it. So that could also screw the Irish because Irish will never get a top four spot. So things like that you got to look forward to. But yeah, I think college is a mess. I I think right now the SEC is going to have to figure something out. It's only a one-year temporary schedule, boys, so um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Now that, like I said, my team's joined in there, I feel like we just fucked everything up for you guys. And, you know, with that, I'm excited for college football, though, now. I think it, you have a lot more to play for. Uh, I think it's still going to be – you still going to sc- schedule a little bit of competition because 12 teams, though, you still want to compete for that last spot. There's going to be teams that are be pushing for that, that bubble team. So you guys anything to say about this subject before we move on? No, I think we said everything we had to. And like I said, to start the show, we have a new segment that it all depends on you. Beautiful viewers out there listening from yours, guys, a sack house or gal sack house. And it's going to be called the listeners mail. Chris came up with the name today. Love the name actually, because you know, you have everyone has this mail name, but listeners mail. Typically we've been getting a couple of requests, things we should talk about questions. We should maybe bring up and some guy that i you know, my office that I work in hit me and Chris up on our Instagram page. So you guys can definitely participate. you hit up, hit us up on our Instagram page, even our TikTok page, comment on our YouTube videos, like I said, all about the balls podcast, or you could you look for the username, the sack house, even on Twitter, we will definitely read your guys' stuff. It will definitely talk about it amongst the four of us and kind of voice it out. So today we got a good one and it's always been a topic people like to bring up, but, the best sports movie of all time. I mean, there's so many good ones. Seems like baseball's got a couple in there. I know football's definitely got a few. I mean, now how do we dictate what the best is? Do we dictate the best is like, you no know, one that's your favorite, or are we considering the best in what the, the population thinks? But definitely interested to see what the three of you have to say. And Doc, I want to start. with I know with what you. Luke's is. Yeah, Luke. I know what Luke's got is. Some. No, yeah. Luke's
3: is Luke's is the is fucking drumline after talking about that that marching band performance. <laughs> hey, man, that's a
1: very very underrated movie though. I I actually like I, drumline.
2: I watch drumline on repeat. <laughs> uh, I'm Luke's kind of watching torn.
1: that. Luke's watching that doc on the airplane instead of the Ravens game in the playoffs. That was I, more
2: entertaining. I, 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 I should have
3: been. Uh, but now going back, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn between my two. There's two that really, really stick out to me. Um, I feel like the one that I, that I want to say is going to be kind of like the obvious everybody knows it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave that one out. That would be remember the Titans. Obviously I'm going to go, uh, with a personal favorite of mine, coach Carter, um, with Samuel. I mean, just a fantastic movie. A guy to come into the inner city when he, you know, he owns his own com- is his own uh, store, his own retail store, sends his kid to a private school. Uh, kid withdraws from the private school to go and play for dad who's coaching down in the inner city with gangs and everything else. Uh, Timo Cruz uh, dealing with the gang life while trying to play ball. Uh, just seeing a team come together uh, and kind of shape up from that, that, you know, that, uh, that inner city, uh, kind of quote unquote, low life, you know, kind of, kind of person to, uh, being, you know, suit and tie wearing on game day, going to college, making something, you know, based on a true story, um, of the Richmond Oilers. So fantastic movie. One of my favorites of all time. I've seen it many, many, many times. So coach Carter for me.
1: Yeah, definitely a young chain Tatum too, doc in that movie. As yes. Well. Yes. Before the Money Mike movie he made. <laughs> Luke, I, I you gave us some names before the show as a, a little, a little jokes, but is that joke Fair of reality? Bob. Yeah, is that joke that, of reality, or are you going to actually give us what you really truly feel?
2: Hey, what, One of those is reality, so I'm going to The Longest Yard. Uh, All-Star cast. Come on. The okay. Yeah, the 2005 version of The Longest Yard. Okay. <laughs> so All-Star cast. Bro ran Stop cutting me off. <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds, you know, Adam Sam Sandler, said not the original? No, not the original. The 2005 Adam Sandler version. You know, with Burt oh, Reynolds. What year? 2005, what year? 2005.
1: You know Burt Reynolds was in both, right?
2: Burt Reynolds is in this one, along with uh, Adam Sandler. Was Chris Adam Rock. Sandler
1: in the original one?
2: Adam Sandler was not. Okay. Best all right, I don't know if he played a child in the first one, but he was, from my memory, he was not in it.
1: All right, so you give know, us the reason fine. why, though, to, to you, Luke. I want to I hear that reason real quick before
2: we move on. So my movie pick is going to be the longest yard. It's got an all star cast with Burt Reynolds, Adam Sandler, uh, Chris Rock, the great Kali from uh, WWE, Bob Sapp, Warren Fitcher, Terry Crews. Bill Goldberg, uh, let's see, Kevin Nash, Tracy Morgans, Nelly, Joey Diaz, Michael Irvin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, stacked lineup. Yeah, uh, what? I'm
3: just on IMDB right now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I am. just I'm, run the whole cast. I'm literally, I'm literally looking. No, there's a, hey. It, you this guy who in. also played in this and this. Adam Sheffer's in this movie, too. But. Chris move, Berman's move in the movie, stacked. too. Yeah, It's stacked. So it's the the men and women
3: of the county uh, sheriff's about, office.
2: Yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's about a, a pro football player who goes to jail, plays on the jail football team against the guards, and they fucking smack the guards. So, oh, thanks cool, for giving cool, the
1: spoiler. Cool. I'm glad that you told us the ending for that. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. So. Well,
2: all right. well, if you haven't That's seen so it by rude. this point, it was from 2005, so you kind of missed out.
1: <laughs> Chris, keep it rolling. Dude. Who's, what's your movie?
0: I mean, I, I got two like Doc said. I my first one, I that I wanted to say was draft day. I mean, just trying kind of trying to see kind of like the behind the scenes of draft. I mean, I watch it every every year when the draft's about to start every morning. That's my little draft ritual. It's to watch draft day. But my real one, my mama said that Bobby Boucher and the Water Boy. <laughs> Is the Two best Adam oh, yeah. movie
2: ever. Have Sandler, don't miss. Happy <laughs> Gilmore yeah. is close second for me.
1: Hey, what year was that, Chris?
2: Oh fuck, that was
0: nineteen
1: ninety eight. Damn, dude. Uh, so said. yeah, another wrestler by the way was in that The Big Show. Since we were naming WWE guys, so.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy should should I read the cast?
1: cast? Yeah, no, yeah, IMDb yeah. Up. get yeah. That IMDb up. Come on, pull, pull
2: them up, <laughs> pull him <them> up.
1: <laughs> no, but. <laughs> definitely that's one of i mean that's one of Adam Sandler's earlier movies definitely a classic comedy movie can't go wrong with the water boy even like like Luke said uh, happy Gilmore is definitely up there too and like like you and doc i mean there's so many good movies that to choose from if you're asking me the best sports movie yeah i'm going to probably go remember the titans uh definitely love it just i love i love the background to it the acting was great uh, to be honest when the first times i watched i had goosebumps from it just the acting from from Denzel Washington. I mean, man's amazing, and uh, I literally felt like I was actually there, like in the movie. I'd say it's just watching Denzel movies go. But since that's the given, I'm gonna go The Sandlot. Uh, it's one of my one of my favorite movies growing up. I mean, love baseball. At that time I was watching, it. was I was playing the game, and kind of you know they tease it with Bam, uh, Babe Ruth, the great Bambino. You know, pretty much lost the ball, and they had to go get it from the the dog that ate it up, and. Yeah, I mean, it was just a classic, just kids playing baseball in the summertime out there in the field, you know, like during the summertime. And nothing wrong with the, the, the Sandlot. And honestly, Doc, us being baseball fanatics, I think baseball actually has some pretty good movies. You have, you know, you have Moneyball. 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 Yeah.
3: If you're talking like thinking about the business side of it and everything, like Moneyball is such an underrated, fantastic movie. But there's just so few people that think about that way. They no, should
0: revise that the, the franchise now, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And speaking of being underrated and fantastic, Doc, that's what we are, All about the Boss Podcast. We definitely are underrated and fantastic. Chris, we are going to miss you on Monday, dude. Uh, so just shoot me that list for the tight ends because that's going to be the topic is game two of the finals and our top ten tight ends. So probably a lot quicker because there's not much to say about the analysis of tight ends, it seems like, in the league after Travis Kelsey. Luke? Great to have you in the sack house, my
2: friend. Yep. Yep.
0: Hey. Yeah. No, no, Mark, <laughs> oh. real, real,
2: real I quick. Know, real, you wanted an answer from that, but okay.
0: <laughs> Mark, real quick, what year did the Sandlot come out?
1: I'm gonna guess
0: 1995. Uh, you didn't do your research.
2: 96. You didn't do your wow. research. research.
1: Hey, hey, a couple, couple other.
2: To... Hey, throw throw out a couple other good movies for you guys to watch. Rudy. We are Marshall. The Blind Side, a couple Rudy of good Sophie. football movies. Rudy
1: is fucking underrated as can be. Rudy. Know, dumbest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> 1993. 1993. But, Lou, like I said, great to have you there. Doc, love having for, you in here. Forrest so Gump.
2: Always a pleasure to be there.
1: here. God, dude. Chris,
2: where are you <laughs> He played for <laughs> Alabama.
3: <laughs> <But> Sign us
2: out. <laughs> Sign us out. Mute this motherfucker.
3: You got to start getting yeah. mute buttons on your side. Yeah.
2: Chris,
1: uh, like I said, we are going to miss you. But like I said, this is all about the Balls Podcast. That is Luke Rule. That is Chris Gemeinhart. That is the one and only Doc, Skirk Wentz. I am your host, Mark Davis, live from the Sack House, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.